Welcome back to Watchmen Minute, where we're investigating the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen one minute at a time. My name is Travis Bowe from the Real Comic Heroes podcast. I'm Eric Nash. And I'm Sean German from Groundhog Minute. Welcome back, Sean. Oh, thanks for having me back. Yeah. I thought about doing a, a joke there about, you know, redoing Minute 56 <laughs> since uh, oh. trap you in, uh, in Monday. Yeah, well, we're not here for a minute fifty six. <laughs> I escaped Monday. Finally, you did it right on the first on the first go. So we got it right the first time. Yeah. All right. Well, minute fifty seven starts with Moloch explaining the kind of cancer he has, and ends with Rorschach visiting Eddie's grave. So, what kind of cancer does Moloch have? Not the kind that you eventually get better from. <laughs> not the kind you get better from. Um, I like the way Matt Frewer does this, uh, like affirmative head nod between asking, you know, about the kind of cancer you eventually get better from and his response of that ain't the kind I got. Like he does this little head nod and it, it kind of reminds me of the way that like George Clooney speaks when he, you know, or acts when he speaks, you know, that little, um, head bobbing kind of thing that he does and he kind of smiles when he does it and it's just a nice just nice little touch i think i i do like it so well matt frewer with all this makeup and stuff is no george clooney <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no but it is it's a nice little you know it, it indulgent old man his small his small victories right. he's got this nice little setup of of rorschach here he kind of sets him up for a little joke. Uh, I mean, it's not a, it's not a particularly funny joke, but he, yeah, he kn- he knows the answer to this question when he asks it. Yeah, yeah, you know the, you know the kind of cancer you got you get better from. That ain't the kind I got. But so, it's also man. like that he knows who he's talking to. You know, he knows his audience here, so. Um, I think he knows that Rorschach's not the type that is going to care necessarily, but it, it you know, all he wants is to keep his medicine, you know, at, at this point, like that's, that's mm-hmm. really all he has, you know. Do we ever hear Rorschach laugh? No. Well, yeah, I mean, he even, and it's later in this week. And this time it is actually later. I think I said later a couple times on Monday for things that actually ended up you – know, we're in the end of the minute. But <laughs> sure. this this is actual later minute. But uh, Rorschach, with you know the great sense of humor that he has, tells a joke and he just – he says laugh. Right, yeah. He doesn't even laugh at his yeah. own joke. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we cut from uh, Moloch's apartment to – it says uh, New York City Street later. And we've got a little more voiceover, which starts with uh, Rorschach's journal, October 16th. On this uh, day, you know, on October 16th in history, in 1793, Marie Antoinette, widow of Louis the Sixteenth, is guillotined at the height of the French Revolution. Hmm. 
1847, the novel Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte is published in London. Um, in 1859, John Brown leads a raid on Harper's Ferry in West Virginia. Um, and if he, John Brown's a really interesting uh, historical figure. He he freed a lot of slaves and uh, like was a anti-slavery champion, I guess. And he, I I was digging into him, and he passed out pamphlets. And at one point, it, it was in Boston, and it was warning uh, black people to beware the police, and it specifically called them the Watchmen. So I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Um, and then, um, tying into our movie here in 1964, Soviet leader Leonid Brezhnev is inaugurated as general secretary of the communist party of the Soviet union. So a little bit of a little history for October 16th. Yeah. Well, and it was, and, and that same day in 1964, China detonates its first nuclear weapon. Oh, wow. I didn't see so, that. Uh, yeah. So uh, another thing that I think may, may come into play. Not, not, well, maybe not China and maybe not <laughs> nuclear weapons, but maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. So then we get to meet the, uh, I like as IMDb uh, credits her or as the movie probably credits her. Um, we meet the aggressive hooker <laughs> asking if uh, Rorschach wants some of this. Um, and she's played by Tara Frederick. Um, did you guys find anything on on Tara Frederick? I'll, I'll admit I didn't look. Okay, I didn't, sure. Uh, I did not investigate sure, the aggressive sure. hooker. Hmm. Eric, what about you? The, did, the The biggest movie I saw was Unforgiven. Oh yeah, and just oh, what, okay. what that role was. Let's see. Was that ninety three? I think ninety two. Two. Little Sue. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so she could have been a prostitute there and that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> those early scenes. Yeah. Not too many women in that movie besides that area of that movie. Mm. Um, so the back in, uh, I guess it'd be October of 2017 when we were doing a lot of the hmm. behind the scenes work for the podcast, like breaking the uh, script into minutes. I remember coming across uh, this actress, you know, when I was, uh, copying over the script for this section of the movie and just looking up Tara Frederick and not finding much in her uh, IMDb. So I, I occasionally, if I don't find much in, in, in the way of uh, film roles, I'll Google the person. And the first thing that came up when I Googled her was an article or like a, a post from the RCMP, the uh, Royal Canadian, you know, mounted police, with uh, her photo and asking for any information on her whereabouts. And apparently she went missing on October 8th of uh, 2017. And so it was, it was oddly like very fresh as far as when, you know, I happened to be looking her up and this uh, article went out and so she went missing on the 8th. She was reported missing on the 17th. And then I kind of just, you know, moved on because I was obviously I wasn't trying to investigate her, you know, her whereabouts. But uh, I'm happy to report that as of October 19th, she had been uh, located safe and sound. So just thought it was uh, strange that, you know, I 
when I went looking for her, you know, she was indeed missing. So she was, yeah, yeah. Um, well, th- th- this was the last thing she did on IMDb. It, yeah, yeah. The photo that they posted in her, like, you know, missing persons kind of thing was like, I don't know when it was taken, but it looked like a mugshot. So I don't know if, what, you know, what she's been doing since, like, obviously, yeah, this is her last uh, film role. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, maybe things have gotten rough, but, uh, you know, she definitely looks a lot older like in in you know since obviously we see her here and this is like 2008 or 2009 but um it's possible it's not the same person but i i do i think it is based on you know they they do look like the same person so but uh yeah that's uh that's my information on uh tara frederick oh interesting yeah, yeah. and interesting sales tactic here sure by this this prostitute i kind of and and part of it is as rorschach walks past uh what she say? i make more in a week than you make in a year <laughs> yeah and i mean i don't know how much rorschach makes i don't know if, if if the position of rorschach pays well i'm thinking that the position of aggressive hooker can't be mm. you know cannot be that high up in the tax brackets <laughs> either yeah yeah uh well <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds the the offer that she's making sounds expensive. Like I don't know what the the going rate is for for what she's offering there, but uh, I don't know. It, it seems a little, little much, but uh, well, yeah. And, and this and it's it's nineteen eighty five, right? Yeah. So in in nineteen eighty five, money mm-hmm. fifty bucks. You know, that's when fifty bucks meant something. <laughs> yeah. Though I don't know. Is this is this a situation where? You're supposed to haggle. Mm, I, like, is that just an opening offer? I don't, but it's I don't negotiable. Know. Do you haggle with prostitutes? I don't. Really, I don't know what the etiquette and, is. No, you haggle. <laughs> you haggle with pimps. Oh, you're, you're doing it wrong. Gotcha. Hmm. And it's odd to me that she's even like approaching him to begin with. Like, here's here comes a guy with wearing a mask. Um, I, I mean, I would have guessed that his reputation would have giving him away like oh shit this is uh Rorschach I don't want to I don't want to you know I don't want 50 bucks from this guy so um but uh, I guess that doesn't phase her yeah and I I I don't think it's addressed directly in the movie or in the comic I don't know if you gentlemen know is prostitution legal in New York City in this universe ooh because I I know in in the real New York City, in the real 1985, it was very much illegal. Okay. And yeah, again, with Rorschach's reputation um, and his feelings on lawbreakers, mm-hmm. that that seems dangerous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, to proposition him to engage in illegal activity, because we know it's, he's certainly not shy. It's not like, well, I'm out here in the open on the street with lots of witnesses. What is he going to do? He'll do the same thing that he'll do in a back alley or in private. Yeah. Rorschach don't care. <laughs> and and yeah, we, we she knows who he is. Okay. This isn't just some stranger who thinks it's Halloween. Like Rorschach is a known entity to the people yeah. in the city, right? Especially I would think to the more under – not not – I guess see the underbelly of the city, mm-hmm. the the areas that he operates in. I, yeah, I would think that that she would know, but 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, and so maybe maybe the whole thing is a lark. Maybe. That yeah. she's not really approaching him as a customer because she knows mm. he doesn't he doesn't do that sort of thing. Could be, yeah. And, and something I noticed for the first time here in this minute is as you know, we first see him walking down the sidewalk and you see um kind of a blurry, you know, people in the distance that he's mm-hmm. approaching. It's um one of the hookers is looks uh it's she's quite short and looks fairly young. Um I'm hoping this is just a short hooker, but mm-hmm. you know, based on how bad people in this movie um or you know, how people in the movie talk about how bad this city is, I'm guessing that she's underaged and like there's an what appears to be an older guy, you know, who's probably um, maybe he's haggling a price, um, which is even creepier. And this, to me, is is what seems like the sort of thing that he wouldn't let stand, like as he's walking past. But um, who knows? Um, well, yeah, but he's—I guess—he's—he's he's sort of on the case of the comedian, so yeah. he's preoccupied. Yeah, I didn't. Well, that's, yeah, I didn't notice. Well, so I notice we get kind of two views of that couple of the the shorter younger looking yeah. woman and then this older gentleman taller with a, an overcoat yeah. as Rorschach approaches them yeah it looks like they're engaged in conversation and then and we're we're seeing from behind Rorschach and then the camera flips around where we're ahead of Rorschach and we can see the couple behind them and it does seem like I'm I'm just noticing now that it does seem like they've come to some sort of agreement well, and that yeah. they are walking off together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I would, I think it's safe to presume that some sort of illegal transaction is going on, but Rorschach is, is preoccupied. There is a larger case and a potentially larger crime mm. that, that is, uh, that he's paying attention to, to the exclusion of these, uh, these other minor transgressions. Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone else get a uh, Blade Runner vibe? Oh, yeah. That's one of my notes. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the umbrella with that, that, that shaped umbrella. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I caught it's that clear. too. I don't remember the clearness, maybe. Whether well, well, they're, they're the clear ponchos that people yeah. were wearing. That the, yeah. The, mm-hmm. one, yeah. The, the, the one sex worker in that movie was yeah. wearing. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed uh, the, the clearness, too, was, was yeah. something I thought about, like that clear plastic with... Uh-huh. But even like the rain, there's a lot of neon lighting in the yep. background, um, even down to just, you know, prostitution. And then the the music in this minute, I'm guessing, is inspired a bit by that uh, Vangelis score from Blade Runner. Um, mm-hmm. And so I even looked up like Blade Runner Watchmen uh, score and uh, found another website, uh, Q by Q Film Music Narratives talking about how Rorschach is often seen walking in the rain and accompanied, accompanied with voiceover, which that even ties oh, into yeah. um, later on. Some, cut, some cuts. Of yeah, the yeah. Um, it says, fittingly, these scenes are accompanied with several kinds of Rorschach noir, textures of dark, romantic, and self-conscious melodies, rhythms, and atmospheres using 80s synth textures similar to those found in the film score of Blade Runner, and sometimes enhanced with rhythmic electronic pulses. So definitely, mm-hmm. I'm 
guessing that was a uh, conscious choice by uh, uh, Tyler Bates. Um, guess what? We get a little bit of uh, Rorschach talking about, you know, he's talking about in this minute as he's walking past um, all these hookers and, you know, wondering about Malik's story being all lies and some revenge scheme he's been planning for years. And it's like, on one hand, it seems completely paranoid to think that Malik could have killed Eddie, um, especially on the mm-hmm. on the physical side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, like, who's to say Malik couldn't have been the brains behind it while someone carried out the physical attack? Uh, so I had to remind myself that Rorschach is considering all the options and not allowing the current state of Malik to cloud his judgment. Something I'd noticed, like, just this week, uh, trying to get out of that mindset of... of believing every word that Malik was saying last week, I guess. So mm-hmm. though he is, he is allowing for the possibility that it might be true. Yeah. That it's, it's so, it's so crazy. Who would tell a lie like that? Cause it's so improbable, but that just makes it even, even more of a mystery. Yeah. So that leads uh, Rorschach to the questions of what, what was it he saw? And, and then he also mentions the, uh, the list Rorschach talks about the list that the comedian mentioned. Yeah. So a list of some sort will maybe, may maybe important later. I feel like the list thing kind of never really pans out. I don't think, I mean, it, it sort of does. We get a list of names, but I don't know. I think that we're, I don't know. It's almost like it's more of a dangling carrot than it ends up being. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, we'll, I guess we'll see as we follow this investigation along. Yes, we we certainly will. (laughs) Um, Do you guys have anything on uh, the Nixon like poster that he uh, strolls past? Um, I didn't have other other than it's defaced and the the swastika. If it's supposed to be the Nazi symbol, is backwards. Oh yeah, it's a mirror image of. and I don't know if that's because if that was a decision uh, because they didn't want an actual swastika in the movie or if they wanted to say, um, you know, these hooligans and graffiti artists are are illiterate huh. or, or dyslexic, possibly. Uh, yeah, it's, I didn't even didn't even uh, I noticed it and um, didn't consider the fact that it was in reverse, but. I do know that this this uh, director's cut features a character um, from Night Owl's past that we'll see later who has you know a swastika on his uniform. So mm. we'll see that you know eventually. So I don't know if it's a yeah. I don't know if that's why they would have flipped it. Hmm. Yeah. So now we we've seen. You know, we've seen Nixon before and we know he's the president. So this yeah. isn't that isn't the shock. They're like, what? It's 85. Like, right. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. Um, but I think it's a symbol of um, well, one, there's the there's the graffiti and, and next to the Nixon poster, we mm-hmm. see the who watches the watchman. Right. Uh, just an, a, an additional statement on the state of, of the city and state of society. Um, and then. The, I don't I don't know what it's saying. It says something. Mm-hmm. The, just this the size of the political poster. It's, 
it's almost a billboard at street level. Yeah. It's not like a usual movie poster sized mm-hmm. thing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. the broadside. It's almost an entire storefront Pretty that is much, covered yeah. With, yeah. with Nixon in front of a flag. And four more years, he's got his hands up. <laughs> yeah. And that's what caught me. Like, at first, I noticed, like, he has these, uh, he's got horns, it looks like, and then he, what looks like a little Mickey Mouse ears kind of uh, drawn up around <laughs> around his head. And then, Over yeah, the he's uh, throwing out the peace signs. And then I thought, oh, it's an obvious reference to his departure from the White House, you know. In uh, in our timeline, and th- mm-hmm. where he throws out the what I I found out he wasn't really throwing out peace signs. He's throwing out the uh, the double V for victory um, before you know he boards the uh, helicopter as he was uh, leaving the White House. And then um, when I kind of searched that image, I found that there's a ton of other insta- instances where he would use that uh, the double V for victory kind of gesture, especially when campaigning. So it wasn't uh, unique to that one, you know, day or whatever. It was uh, very common. It looked like from, from Nixon. So I don't, but I don't know if, if the, if this is an artistic choice by filmmakers to make us just associate Nixon with, you know, the whole Watergate thing and impeachment. And obviously that doesn't take place in this universe, or if it's just meant to be a some you know some version of a, a Nixon campaign poster that still is just remaining because I forget we've done the math way early on of, of when Nixon ran you know every each term and I forget how recent it would have been maybe in eighty four was that a election year yeah eighty four we okay. yes okay so yeah so this would still be you know fairly. Uh, fresh you know yeah this was leftover from that yeah it wouldn't be it'd be way too soon for 88 yeah yeah let's see so um i guess we you guys got anything on um arriving at uh blake's or i guess arriving at the cemetery and kind of what rorschach's talking about here as he approaches the uh the headstone well, you had just pointed out I, not, the thing I hadn't noticed for the graffiti was the circles that make it look like Mickey Mouse yeah. ears. Well, the, I, I noted for the lock. <laughs> it looks like Mickey Mouse's head. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't made that connection. That is like, it is kind of a a circle with two two smaller circles where ears would be. Hmm. Yeah. And once again, we see Rorschach breaking the law. Yeah. Picking the lock and trespassing. Um, going to visit the the grave of the recently deceased Edward Blake. Because he hasn't been here before. <laughs> right. right. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, most of my notes for like kind of what he's talking about are, are going to be in the next minute. Um but certainly if, if anyone has anything for – he's kind of talking about Edward Blake, the comedian, born 1918, buried in the rain, murdered. I do like his uh, question of, is this what happens to us? No time for friend? Yeah, I, I was going to remark on that as well, that it's a little bit of um, 
of self-reflection. And earlier in the week, I was saying how um, Rorschach seems to have a blind spot when it comes to his own actions and um, his own tra- own, tra- own transgressions. But here he had a rare moment of reflection. Sure. Um, and, and that'll do it. You know, if, uh, I don't know if, if friend's the right word between uh, Rorschach and the comedian, but colleagues, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, when, you know, when someone you've worked with or someone just you've known for a long time um, and you're standing by the grave, it'll it'll make you think even uh, even Rorschach will get a little uh, little reflective in that moment. So I thought that was interesting that he says this is because um, he could it could have been this is what happens to old heroes or something like that, yeah. that. You know that we could presume he, you know, he he counts himself a hero, but not as concrete. He's he definitely says us here, yeah, and he's including himself, and he's thinking, um, thinking about the the light, yeah, the life he's chosen and the things they do, and and where does it get them? Yeah, I know in the book, like as he's kind of saying saying these lines, there's a a mention of like silhouette dollar bill captain metropolis like they all died essentially in the line of duty um mm-hmm. and so he's he's i i think he's you know you know it, it's a weird 180 from earlier talking about you know hollis mason being retired or being aged out and sally jupiter being a, a you know aging whore like he he has so much disdain for people that he seems to feel like gave up on crime fighting and, and this life. But here it's like, well, it seems like he's bothered by the fact that is this how we die? We die, you know, fighting and, and all this, like no time for friends. You know, it's weird. It it is, I guess it is like he's, having a, a strange kind of moment of reflection, like you said. So. so can he be saying no time for friends, meaning that uh comedian should have come to him versus going to Moloch, <laughs> a, a non-friend? I don't know. Huh. Hmm. Might be more, uh, more uh, discussion for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other note I had was uh, for the born 1918 Mm. Uh, that's oh. that I know exactly how old comedian would be. Well, not exactly because I don't know the month, but my, uh, my, uh, my still living grandmother is 99. She was born 1918. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So we're pulling her to pulling on her to make it through the year. Yeah. She's doing pretty well. She's had a stroke, but, but recovered from it wonderfully. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good news. All right. Um, so why don't you, uh, listeners, why don't you leave us a review on iTunes and then go tell us about that review on Twitter and Instagram at Watchman Minute. And then visit our webpage over at realpodcastnetwork.com slash Watchman Minute. And you can give us a like on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Watchman Minute. And we can discuss some things about this minute uh, on our Facebook group. At Crime Busters Listeners Society. Sean, where can they uh, talk about Groundhog Minute? 
Well, sure. If you want to talk about Groundhog Day and, and all things related to Groundhog, we also have a Facebook group, and that is uh, Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Gobbler's Knob, uh, the, the Groundhog Minute listeners group. So you can you can swing on by and, and share your Groundhog stories or your Groundhog Day stories. And uh, we're also on the Twitter, at Groundhog Minute. Very nice. Well, the, um, I guess that'll do it for uh, for Tuesday, and we will be back on Wednesday for Minute 58. But until then, who watches The Watchmen? We, we do. do. Watchmen are over. Listen,